it's your host heather i'm back with another episode of the so she slays podcast and today i have corinna new new kirshner new kirshner i did it i said it i practiced that name offline y'all so much and it just i still failed it's okay but i, I did get it in the end new kirshner yeah new kirshner look at that freaking branding i'm gonna say it like five times on on <laughs> air for you <laughs> She is an emotional health coach and founder of Hello Inner Light. And I'm super excited to talk to you today because most of our audience are very, um, we got anxiety, we're driven, uh, we got things we want to do in this life, but this thing called like, you know, emotions tend to be in the way and I really need some hope regulating, <laughs> like I'm sure most of our audience. But before we dive into the conversation, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a trauma-informed emotional healing coach, and I really specialize in processing those emotions that are below the surface, stuck in our subconscious, stuck in our bodies, those things that bubble below the surface but tend to hold us back. They hold us back from going for our dreams. They hold us back from living lives of authenticity and joy, like self-sabotaging core beliefs, unprocessed old emotional wounds, and just stuff from the past that we need to unpack. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm really excited because I love doing this. Um, Ever since opening up our sister company, Slay of Creative Studios, I feel like Chauncey and I have both like battled a lot of like emotional stuff and like self-sabotaging moments and all this kind of stuff where we're like, oh, we really need to like stop doing this. But yeah. the thing is, is they creep up on you and you don't realize you're doing it until you're doing it. And you're like, wait, Hold how did on. this happen? <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, I feel like my biggest amount of resistance comes when I'm expanding, you know, when I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone, be bigger than I've been before, be more confident, you know, step into my power more. That is when the resistance comes up the most. And it's often because there are inner child parts or past conditioning or even just nervous system states that are not ready to expand in that way or need some support, need some reassurance, need some emotional process in general, um, so that we can actually expand because right on the edge of our comfort zone is all the things that keep us in our comfort zone. You right, know, right. Reason, but this is our comfort zone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, I am the type of person where it's like, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm like, okay, I'm really stressed out. I have a lot of anxiety right now. I'm pretty tired. I probably should stop, but I really don't have the time to stop. Mm -hmm. um, I'm living for Sunday, you know, or like I'm living for Friday or whatever it is at the moment. And um, I think it's just one of those things where I'm really good. And I'm sure a lot of our audience is just really good at identifying, but we're like not really good at like doing what we need to do in order to like stop. Totally, <laughs> so, totally. Um, do you have any words of wisdom? <laughs> Yeah. Well, so um, one thing that I say everyone can start with is just regulating your nervous system, which, like you said, is kind of a buzzword. We don't always know exactly how to do that or what to do. But instead of totally taking a break, sometimes I can just spend five minutes regulating my nervous system and then all of a sudden my breath goes all the way to my belly again. All of a sudden my brain fog lifts. All of a sudden there's just a little bit more energy and we shouldn't abuse that and just push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves, you know, because I'm bodies so do guilty. need rest. Yeah. I'm so guilty. <laughs> 
Yeah, but there's there are ways that you can, you know, get a little bit more energy in a compassionate way, connecting with what you actually need in the moment. And oftentimes what we really need, especially if we're kind of spinning in anxiety or, you know, something about the workday has been emotional is is a really nice nervous system regulation break. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I think that's like one of my goals in this new year is to kind of practice having compassion for myself because I don't. Uh, I am very much, sometimes I forget I'm a human. I think I'm a machine and I'm just like, go, 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 go. And I swear, I swear I I pay for it every single time I get sick and all this, like I do, I pay for it. You would think a girl would learn by now, but she hasn't. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, like I already said, we're really good at identifying. I think our audience is actually pretty good at identifying. It's just like finding the time or figuring out the space in our lives to actually enact taking care of ourselves in that manner. So you kind of said a little, you had like a little like tidbits of like, Oh, take five minutes and all that kind of stuff. But is there something we can work on like actually executing proper to take care of ourselves in this manner? Totally, totally. So I have like a couple different thoughts. So um, the first step of really connecting with yourself is often regulating your nervous system, which I've already said, but so nervous system regulation really means bringing your nervous system back into a state of flexible balance. So nervous system dysregulation is when we get stuck in trauma or stress responses, and we really do get stuck. And in fact, one of the nervous system responses we can get stuck in is fight or flight. And so when we're constantly doing, 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 going, 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 can't take a break, that could actually be stuck in flight response, you know, because that flight response also often are the people who are kind of overworkers or over exercisers or have to be going <laughs> right. You guys, I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> Right. Right. Exactly. And so um, when we're stuck in that space, it's like it's almost like it's all we can think of to keep doing, 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 going, going, going when we're stuck in flight, because our nervous system state is actually informing our thoughts and it's actually informing our perception of the world. So some little part of our brain senses that maybe there's a threat because there's a stressor around us and a stressor could be, um, you know, an email or it could be like past conditioning from your childhood that says you have to be successful and if you rest you're a loser or you know I don't know I mean I'm just bringing up oh my gosh no but facts I feel like there's a lot of people I mean I'm gonna say right now like um I felt like growing up too and and I don't know if that was even actually ever said to me but we had such a go 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 lifestyle Mm -hmm. um it was one of those things where it's like resting was a privilege in, in a you know in a sense Mm-hmm. So, and I think also too, for a lot of people, I think they can relate to that. They're just like, me getting a break is a privilege. Like I don't always get that. And I, when I get it, it's amazing, but I don't always get that. Totally, totally. And sometimes we can't even let ourselves have it, even if we had a few minutes, you know, because of that conditioning or because of that flight response. And we're just talking about flight specifically right now, yeah. which is just one way to get dysregulated, but it's a really common one in a capitalist society where we are kind of treated like, what did you say? A machine. A machine. We're a machine. I know. Like Chauncey and I always go back and forth and we're like, we're not a machine. We're not a machine. She's like, please go rest. Please go rest. And I say that to her too. And like, you know, it's one of those things where you do need that community kind of like help remind you, but yeah, flight is definitely a thing for us. And I know that it's like the, the fight or flight response. So what about the fight one? 
Fight is when you kind of constantly feel like you're having to defend yourself or that the world's always attacking you or you always feel a little bit um, like aggressive. It's it's yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when people are constantly feeling like the world is out to get them and they're always having to fight against it, that would be like one example of yeah. fight response. And then there's also freeze and shut down, which is yeah. more like when you've burnt out or fight and flight have not been effective for reducing your stress. And so you eventually fall down to, to freeze where you still have all that amped up energy of fight and flight inside of you, but you also feel immobilized or shut down, which is where you really just feel totally out of energy. Yeah. You're like, I'm done. I'm over it. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like, um, that's, that was all of us at the end of 2023. Uh, everybody I talked to was like I'm done um no I also think too it's like with regulating this nervous nervous system I feel Mm -hmm. like the only way people know how to do it Mm -hmm. is like I said just take a break or find time to take a break Mm -hmm. which I mean is a good way to do it Mm -hmm. but but I think sometimes it's not always effective right you may be taking a break Uh, but your mind is going you may be taking a break but you're worried about something else and all that kind of stuff so what are other ways other than like the cliche we'll just take 10 minute breaks yeah yeah well I want to tell you about my favorite technique which is called havening techniques but first I just want to say something about how to regulate and that is that the part of your brain that's actually causing you to be stuck in that stress or trauma response is a very deep primal part. And it doesn't actually work to try to talk it out of it. You know, like we can't get out of um, a dysregulated nervous system just by thinking we want to, or taking a little break or, or even um, trying to talk ourselves out of it because it's this deep primal structure in our brain that is programmed for our survival, you know? And so the way that we have to downregulate our nervous system or to regulate our nervous system, come back into that flexible state of balance where we can go into flight if we need to, but we can also be in our calm center, connected and curious when we want to be, um, is you have to do it through the body. It's not listening to your thoughts and it's not going to respond to your thoughts. And just taking a break doesn't necessarily give it what it needs to actually turn off. Because if your mind is still spinning in stress, then what that means to me is that your nervous system is still spinning in stress too, because the nervous system is kind of more primal, it's more foundational. And so you really have to send signals to your nervous system from your body that you actually are safe. And so havening techniques, um, was developed by two doctors in New York, and it is a somatic practice that has actually been shown to help your amygdala downregulate. And the amygdala is a little part of your limbic system in your brain, and it is what is the kingpin of like our stress response, essentially. Like it's really the one who's most in charge of our stress response. And havening is super, super simple. Um, so can I just describe it to you? Yes, because actually you're gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, awesome, <laughs> awesome. So um, we do a thing called havening touch, and there's three ways to do it. And one is just rubbing your palms together. It is like so simple. You just rub your palms together in sort of a pace and a pressure that feels good to you. So there's not a prescribed perfect way to do it. You just do what feels nice to you. So it's not like you're starting a fire over here. It's just like you're right. just like literally just rubbing your palms together. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it usually feels kind of soothing. So that's one thing to do. That's one way to do the havening touch. Another way is to go down your arms from shoulder to elbow. Like shoulder mummy. To elbow. So you have like an X over your, over yeah. your chest. And yeah. you're rubbing like your hands down the upper parts of your arm. Yeah. This one's actually my favorite. I really like this one. <laughs> I kind of feel like it feels like a hug a little bit, you right? know? It's like, it's yeah. like a hug a little bit. And as if somebody was just like, you know, reassuring you that life is okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Very nice. I, I'm already starting to feel a little, uh, a little less distress, like in distress, a little, you know, calmer. That's totally. kind of instantaneous. I'm not going to lie. It's amazing how fast it works. Yeah. Like people will start deeper breathing and just kind of letting your shoulders down a little bit within like a minute or two. Yeah. So you can, I'm going to be the weirdo over in the corner, just you know, <laughs> giving herself hugs and stuff like <laughs> I know it's so soothing. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. And then the third way to do havening touch is just anywhere on your face, face, cheeks, or forehead. So you can use your fingertips, you can use your palms in any way that feels good. And um it's kind of like you're doing like heart shapes on your cheeks and all the yeah. way down your chin. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, you can do it on your forehead. You can kind of go into your hairline if you like that. Like different people like different things, but I find the face havening to be really soothing. Okay, is it weird that like when I do it with my face, I'm like, I'm going to mess up my makeup. Like well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people avoid their face for that very reason. And that's totally fine. I, I like our mummy one over the chest. Okay. That one's yeah. like my favorite, my personal. You guys have to try it and let me know which one's your favorite. Because I automatically that like that mummy X over your chest and, you know, rubbing down your arms. I'm like, oh. Totally. (laughs) No, I love it too. And they found that these movements as completely simple as they are, I mean, right, we're just rubbing our palms together, Mm -hmm. stroking down our arms, touching our face. These movements create delta waves in the brain. And delta waves are the slowest, calmest waves. They're usually mostly present when we're sleeping. But these delta waves actually talk to the amygdala. I mean, biochemically, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but they actually tell the amygdala like you're safe. It's okay. And that creates a whole cascade of reactions in your nervous system because the amygdala is connected to your endocrine system, you know, which pumps out cortisol. It's connected to all of these systems throughout your body. And so it's a really effective way to just take a little break. It only takes about five to seven minutes of doing that touch. And you can just do the, the X mummy one down your arms. I, I like that like. one. I, let me tell yeah. you, just then in the moments that we were doing that prior and then like me now, I feel like 10 times less stressed. Because yeah. I mean, offline, I was telling <laughs> you saw me walking around like a crazy person. I was like, where's this? Where's that? I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah. And so being able to kind of just have that self self soothing option mm-hmm. where, I mean, it only took me a few minutes where I was just like, oh, okay. Like I'm feeling way better. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It feels so good. And they actually, the doctors who developed it, they actually did it um, because they were looking at how trauma shapes the brain and they, you know, found that Delta waves downregulate the amygdala and the amygdala. The amygdala has everything to do with how our memories are encoded, whether they're encoded as traumatic memories, like something that was 
too overwhelming for us to process or if they're normal memories, and then we react differently to them. So traumatic memories, and it doesn't have to be like a capital T trauma, like an accident or, you know, assault or anything like that. Anything that's emotionally overwhelming to the point that we feel like we can't handle it, which for like a little kid could be a lot of things, you know, if nobody's there to help you realize you can handle it, um, that those can be potentially encoded as traumatic memories. And then they continue to contribute to our hypervigilance, to our anxiety, to our, you know, overworking, you know, whatever it is, those things continue to inform who we think we are and who we think we need to be in the world. And so havening can be used to regulate your nervous system in the simple way that we just did it. And it can also be used for really deep emotional processing because it helps the amygdala re-encode those memories as, oh, actually, it's a little bit safer now. Actually, I can handle this. There's ways to kind of update those emotional memories in our system, which I think is really amazing. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you because, I mean, after I did that, I kind of felt as like, okay with myself and a little less uh, anxiety filled is what I do after I meditate. Yeah. Like, and, but meditate sometimes that takes me like five minutes to get into it before I'm like five minutes at rest. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, I mean, doing that, I was like, okay, that took like a few minutes. And I already feel pretty good. I might need a nap here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true because another thing that's happening is you're connecting with your body, you know, and maybe your body is saying like nap is the next best step right now. <laughs> Girl, I wish. I, I wish know. I could take a nap right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I do have to ask though, like with all of this stuff, it, trauma fascinates me. Yeah. It really does. Everybody has their own form of it. So I know that like there's not like this blanket thing, but we always say that like you're not alone in your trauma. You're not alone in all this kind of stuff because chances are there's a lot of other people that go through similar things. Mm-hmm. It may not be exactly, but it's similar. Yeah. Um, when we talk about trauma and trying to recognize it, mm-hmm. you know, we recognize it and then what, you know, so can we kind of walk through, I guess, reg- I don't want to say regular, but like, I guess most common traumas that we, that a lot of people have. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, I know that's a little bit blanket statement, so I don't mm-hmm. want to like, but I also don't want to get so specific that Slay Nation is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, um, <laughs> right, right. Totally. Well, I think, you know, if we define trauma, which a lot of people do as something that is so overwhelming that it changes how your nervous system perceives the world or how your nervous system functions moving forward, um, it can be things like attachment wounds or, you know, things of like losing your sense of self in relationships in your family or things like that. So these aren't always necessarily traumas, but when I work with people, we work really deep in the subconscious and the core wounds that I find almost all of our issues come down to are some form of I'm not enough. 
Mm. I'm broken. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. And sometimes these things do reach the level of trauma for sure. But even if they don't necessarily meet that threshold that it changed how your nervous system acted from there forward, these are the most common things that people are really dealing with. And when we pull back the layers and pull back the layers and pull back the layers, they often all boil down to these few things of like, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm broken, um, I'm unlovable, or just some sort of a shame-based sense of self that's kind of in the core there. So I'm not sure if I totally- Yeah, no, you do. You totally hit it because I think too, um, a lot of times when people are like, oh, that's trauma, that's trauma, that's trauma. It's like, "Eh, it's an overused word. It can be an overused word, right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, in culture, when you overuse something, you also, it also lessens credibility. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I think you definitely hit it because you were just like, oh, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy and blah, blah. And a lot of times it's, it's many of those things Mm -hmm. in different spheres of your life. I remember, um, like one of mine that I, I know a lot of like my friends and I deal with is like not being enough. So therefore you're an overachiever and you're trying to prove yourself. And that's something that's ingrained at a really young age, I feel like, I feel like that stays with you for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Those core issues, they come in early and they're sticky. (laughs) You're freaking need some OxyClean for that. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things too, where, you know, when you're battling the, I'm an, I'm not enough. Um, I should be doing more. I'm not worthy. Those how do you go about treating those or finding things that will help you work through those? Totally. Yeah. So what you're talking about are our self-protective strategies, right? So deep inside, we have this wounded part that feels not good enough or, you know, just a little bit broken and weird or whatever it is. Everybody has slightly different words for it. And so then our self-protective strategies are, I'm going to be so perfect that no one can ever criticize me. And then I won't be reminded that deep inside I feel not good enough because that's really painful. Or I'm going to overwork, right? We overcompensate in these self-protective ways. And so these self-protective strategies are put in place from a loving perspective. Because we want to save ourselves the pain of like facing the deeper core stuff that hurts, right? It hurts to feel like you're not enough. Like it actually really does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the self-protective strategies are put in place. Usually we develop them when we're children. So sometimes our self-protective strategies have a little bit of childlike logic in them, you know, because like you can't really be so perfect that no one would ever criticize you. You know what I mean? You will burn yourself out and it also won't be effective, but you can see a little kid being like, oh yeah, I, I got this figured out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to feel unworthy because I'm just going to be perfect, you know? Um, and so in my work, we honor the self-protective strategies as loving and wise, even if they're driving us totally crazy, right? Like, cause they might be like perfectionism, overworking, these sorts of things can really drive us to our edge and not be functional or ideal in any way, but we can honor that there's like a loving impulse there, right? Like they're trying to protect us. And the real healing is often getting to that core wound, you know, because the self-protective strategies are trying to protect something, right? And so if we can get to 
well, what was that pain, you know, that made you feel not enough? And you don't have to remember the exact thing. Oftentimes it's not one thing. It's just a lifetime of messaging, you know, and conditioning that just sinks in. I mean, I'm raising my hand for that one because it it is a lifetime. There was not one specific moment. Right. Yeah, totally. But when we can actually get to those wounded and vulnerable parts in our psyche and we can um, bring them the love and compassion that they need, then they don't feel so alone. Cause part of this is that they're kind of like our secrets that we need to hide. Like I, it's my secret that I feel unworthy. Like I don't want to say that out loud because I don't want anyone to see it. And when in a loving and compassionate way, we can kind of honor that that feeling is there, you know, and, and, you know, really connect with that feeling in a deep way. It doesn't have to carry that burden and that secret all by itself, essentially. And then when we work with these wounded and vulnerable parts of our psyche, they can actually be some of the most beautiful, wise, sensitive parts of us when they become unburdened, right? Like we can reconnect with our creativity and our playfulness and big aspects of our authenticity because um, our sensitivity is beautiful. We just have like gotten so many layers of like, I have to hide this from the world over it that um that's that we put become you know kind of stuck with that wounded part deep inside that we don't want to look at and the protective strategy being the thing that constantly dictates our thoughts and our behaviors our motivations you know and so it really is unraveling to the wounded vulnerable parts you know what do they need from us what what wants to be known what wants to be held what wants to be met, you know, deep in your psyche. It's often inner child work. Um, But yeah, all of these wounded parts of us, they really just want to be heard and seen and witnessed compassionately, which might sound intangible. But that's what I do with my clients, you know, is like, how can you learn to create a loving relationship between you and the inner child parts or you and those wounded parts that are carrying that old pain? Well, you kind of like, you hopped into my next question because I know that there's not one size fits all type of formula. If it was, mm-hmm. we would all be doing it. Um, yep. yeah. <laughs> but how do you begin those steps, right? To address and work through those things. Um, because I know that there's a lot of people out there. It's like, look, I may not, you know, want necessarily to, to start down this path, but I do realize that that's a thing. And mm-hmm. is there something that I can start doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's a really good question. And one of the biggest things that I would like to answer to that is just beginning to have some compassion for the wounded parts of you, for your pain, which really looks like accepting our emotions more than running away from them, you know, and that's not easy to do because we are conditioned to run away from them. Pain doesn't feel good. We don't want to feel it, you know, like it's totally normal. Your whole brain is there so that like you don't have that. (laughs) Totally, totally. But like, so like if you're having a day when you're just feeling really anxious or, or whatever, you know, any fill in the blank with literally any emotion, but that's one that a lot of people have. Um, If you can just acknowledge that some part of you is feeling anxious and still feel compassion for yourself or even do some havening to bring your anxiety down, um, that's turning towards 
a painful emotion instead of running away from it. And at a very simple level, that's what a lot of our healing journey is about. It's learning to come into compassionate connection with the wounded parts of ourselves instead of running, screaming away, which is understandable again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't want to feel it. Um, I'm pretty sure. like, And the thing is too, sometimes people don't even realize they're running and screaming away from it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because it's become really just normal. Mm-hmm. And our, our culture just runs and screams away from our emotions. Yeah. It's like everybody's running around like crazy people half the time. So it's, I mean, we're in good company at least. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. But havening can be one tool to start to, um, when we feel like we can handle it, we can face it a lot better. You know what I mean? So if you're like, okay, if I can use havening for five to seven minutes to bring my anxiety down, then anxiety doesn't feel so scary and it doesn't feel like I have to run screaming away from it every time. It's there's more of like an empowered, like what if I could take care of my anxiety? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the process that I use that really takes you deep below the layers to those wounded parts is called regenerating images in memory. And it is just an emotional processing technique that was developed by this woman named Dr. Deb Sandella. And it's all about just getting to those subconscious places. It's about going beneath our conscious mind because we are so conditioned to live in our heads. You know, we're disconnected from our bodies. We're disconnected from our emotions. And so sometimes we need a little bit of help to like unravel, go a little deeper, connect with something deeper within us. Um, instead of fully identifying with our conscious mind all of the time, which, you know, it's totally fine. We have great conscious minds, but there, there's a lot of value to be had in, in going a little deeper within. Uh, Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I feel like that in itself is like such a journey. It's, it's a little intimidating. Um, totally. There's so much. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you don't even realize how to do that or how to get to your subconscious or what your subconscious is even telling you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But like when you were talking earlier about, you know, you're always go, 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 you know, all that kind of thing, you know, one step is to regulate because that can just really help. Mm -hmm. It feels good. And then I always tell people the next step in healing is getting to the roots, you know, like what is the conditioning? What is the pain? That's always like, I have to run or I'm not, you know, blank, you know, or I'm not going to get it all done in a certain amount of time. That's always mine. I'm just like, I'm racing against the clock half the time. Yeah. I don't know why. Don't I don't know. It's just like you know, productivity, I guess. I I feel like I do it to myself because I make my own dang schedule. So <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Why I do it to myself, I have no idea, but I do it. Um, we're in the process of fixing it at the moment. Um yeah. so what I always like to do before we totally sign off with our audience is I like to leave them with action items, you know, uh, words of wisdoms or tips, tricks that they can kind of include in themselves. And we kind of went through havening and, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing, um, you know, what your emotions are telling you and, and trying to work through that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to really hone in on my wellness this, this year, mm-hmm. what do I need to do for that? Like, do we have words of wisdom? Do we have tips? What do we have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that nervous system regulation 
and learning to compassionately turn towards your feelings instead of run away from them are like the two biggest things that are foundational to any healing journey. So I offer havening as like a wonderful and lovely way to do both of those things, you know, because um, because havening can help your amygdala help your body understand that you're safe. Things are going to be okay. You might feel anxious right now, but it doesn't actually mean that you have to be in a full-blown threat response with cortisol pumping through your whole body, right? Like as you look at your schedule, that's so overbooked. If you come into a more regulated place, it might be like, oh, realistically, I'm pushing that one to whatever. And maybe you don't have anywhere to push it, but you know what I mean? You, you have a different perception of yourself in the world around you when you're regulated versus when you're dysregulated. And so it almost is like it opens up more possibilities and more creative thought, you know, in some ways, or it, at least it can. It, I need it all the time <laughs> for those <laughs> sorts of things, you know, because life is dysregulating, you know, like we're going to get dysregulated again. So that's another thing I love about havening is that it has cumulative effects, but we're still going to have to do it regularly because the world is just, it's kind of a stress, stressful place. There's lots of expectations of us. Yeah. Ah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think too, like I think I like the havening for a tool, and you, we definitely went over quite a few tools in this episode to you. So yeah. hopefully that that helps. Hopefully that helps you, Slay Nation, because I'm going to start using havening uh, very much all the time because uh, totally. I need it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And before we sign off, where can people find you? Follow you? All the things. Yeah. So my handle is at hello inner light with no spaces on Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok, all the places. Although Instagram is where I hang out most of the time. I have tons of havening videos there. And also just hellointerlight.com where I have a free mini course about how to regulate your nervous system and feel your feelings and so many free offerings. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. Thank you.